Hey guys, this is Ndabusi here, and welcome again to our podcast, Reframed by Mustard, in which we, an Africa-focused venture agency, explore topics weekly with the intent of reframing the current thinking about ventures, initiatives, and brands. Today, Andrew and I will be having a conversation to explore the presently popular application and talking point, which is ChatGPT. We'll be sharing our thoughts on ChatGPT, the application, the philosophy of artificial intelligence, and our view of what we think AI's development might mean for the future of work and education. Note off the bat that our thoughts and conclusions may be different from the main ones circulating in the journalistic and social media circles. I hope you enjoy and get insights from today's conversation as well as our others. And if you do, please, please do us a favor by following and rating us on your podcast player of choice and sharing this podcast with others. Doing both of these things will help us massively and we will thank you for it from a distance. But for now, I will leave you with today's podcast. First principles kind of discussion, I think, rather than talking about the history of the thing and the technology of it and all of that sort of thing, you know? Correct, correct, correct. But in essence, I think the way we talk about it is the way that I think people understand it. And the way people understand it is not from academic literature. I'm talking about the, the general population, right? It's not from academic literature. It's from uh, the media narratives, right? And what people are saying in the media, right? Um, and and also, to some degree, it's what? Well, well, media narrative, obviously, there's a lot of earned or kind of generated content around, you know, that people are doing because people are actually using it, right? How many people have you seen who go, oh, by the way, just want to say this post was generated by ChatGPT and da-da-da-da, fill in the gaps. And then after you've got some, some, you know, there's a big, I mean, to be honest, there's a, uh, um, even though many people would <clears throat> would not go there now, I don't think, because I don't think it's very much in popular parlance as it was, in my opinion, 10, 15 years ago, but AI is also a little bit of a religion, but nowadays, as opposed to something called singularity, right, which is anyone who kind of believes in singularity is basically, in my opinion, is is actually looking at the metaphysical aspects of AI. And I'll say what that is in a moment, but but I think a lot of people now, because I remember speaking to somebody, speaking to him about the singularity, who believes that that's, you know there's going to be a certain point of that, and he said no, and what he believes in is more of a super intelligence, right? And and I'll exp- display explain what that is now as well. So <clears throat> um, super intelligence in in general, it's when people basically say. Um, so I think it, I think it requires two things, right? One. Um, so, okay, let's put it this way. Super intelligence, general AI, right, which can be probably fused together, but I'm going to distinguish them slightly. Um, and then afterwards, you've got singularity. And <clears throat> general AI is this quest to get a model, right, that is, um, or a group of models that can be behind a, some kind of wall, right, um, or interface that can now solve or or, or answer any question, right? So the whole purpose of that is, um, again, whether it's one model, right, that can uh, somehow predict and 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 you know work through the whole of quote, quote reality, or at least the reality that that people have 
the people working AI have reduced reality to or a series of models that can interconnect and therefore you know if it's in law if it's in you know uh, medicine if it's in um, autonomous driving it can you know basically decide which model it needs and then work towards that so that's that's kind of general AI and general and these kind of general models or, or, or models of AI to get a general AI then a super intelligence is just um, when computing power and the and the general AI model or models, um, so the computer power becomes so large, right? And the data we have, um, or computer power becomes so significant and the data sets that we have become so large, right? And the general models, again, become effective and actually become complete that you have a computer that can, in, in in how or what we call intelligence, can basically do the things in a domain that we call intelligence faster and better than a human. Now, normally people would include creativity and certain other things in that. Again, um, everyone's got their definition of intelligence, right? And that doesn't include my definition, but that super intelligence is that thing that now that is not just, it not not only has a general AI model or models that that gives you general AI, it also has the computing power and the, and the, large enough data set to basically, you know, function better than humanity and, and, and other ways, right? Now, the last one, singularity, is when people actually go, so singularity, first of all, <clears throat> singularity is normally, it's infinity. It's basically zero infinity, right? And and the whole point about singularity is, um, mathematically speaking, we can define it infinity. So, for example, another singularity is... Um, um the big bang right so the big bang you've heard about it people like basically and 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 um uh professor uh, professor hawkins was you know who's late now cambridge professor was you know was somebody who who you know was to study black holes you know and he's a cosmologist basically you can you can get close to a singularity mathematically speaking but you can't touch it Right. So he would so they would work and work and work and get down to, you know, milliseconds, microseconds, etc. after the Big Bang. But they cannot get it's like touching infinity. You can't touch infinity. And infinity is a singularity. Um, um, another, you know, so another singularity or indeterminate is, is kind of zero as well. Right. But we're talking about infinity. Here. So um, the whole point of that singularity is at some point, the machine switches on. And essentially itself as a human, as a now agent, right, gets itself to infinity or that singularity point. So it actually switches on, becomes conscience, conscious, right? So so there's a, the reason why it's, there's a kind of religion and metaphysical aspect to that is there is an understanding, or at least in my um, opinion and understanding, there is an understanding that humans cannot take the machine to that point. So a, a perfect um, description of the singularity is the Terminator, Right. Skynet, at some point, it switches on and it's become conscious. That's the singularity. And as you know, humans can do all they can in AI, but they can't take into that point. Suddenly, they they switch on and become an agent. And the reason, uh, uh, um, and I may have used this thing, I'm waffling on a lot now. I may have used this thing before where I said that um, for me, when I see infinity, I see an external agent, right? Um and that external agent normally is, 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 is a human in this case. Um, but, but that infinity means that it's beyond physics. It's, it's, it's above physics. It's metaphysical. 
right? Um, you know, and 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 so in in, in essence as well, when that um, if and when, well, I don't believe that it can, but those who do believe it would then become essentially, at least in thinking terms, like a human. So singularity, super um, general general models of AI and um, super intelligence. Does that make sense? So, so just on the extreme singularity side, how does one? Mm. What would that look and feel like? What What is the point at which the computer is merely imitating very, very effectively a human being, which to the average person you couldn't really tell the difference, versus actually when it has become, um, I don't want to use the word sentient, but essentially. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's essentially right? or whatever you yeah. describe as the the singularity. What what do you think? The, <clears throat> what what is that turning point at which it's just a very what? effective mimic versus it's correct. actually hit singularity? And I mean, we're talking very abstract philosophical terms here. So correct, what correct, it might look correct. Like. So, so interestingly, that's why there's a lot of people who would basically not see a difference between superintelligence and singularity, right? Um, so, in essence. Um, the difference between, and for some people, there isn't a difference between superintelligence and singularity because essentially, if you've reduced um, humanity to, um, and you know, humanity and our th- and our thinking to just essentially calculations and problem solving, then after something like emotion, if you don't recognize an emotion as an as an ethereal or metaphysical thing, right? Then after this, essentially, you would say superintelligence and singularity are potentially the same thing. Now, going to your actual point in terms of how do you know, that's the whole issue. Like, So there's a thing called a Turing test, um, a, a kind of uh, thought up by Alan Turing, who, who's, you know, uh, World War II codebreaker, Baruch the Enigma, et cetera, British um, mathematician. And essentially, uh, that test is based on if you can have a, um, you part, a computer passes a Turing test when you can have a conversation with it, um, ask it questions, it respond, and maybe ask questions of you as well. And you can't. And if that's behind, let's say, a black box or something, you wouldn't be able to tell if that's a human or a computer, right? So, so there are some computers that can be made to pass the Turing test at the moment. And so, technically, you know, it's like, is it is it is it aware? Is it not aware? I mean, I mean, I mean, there's a Google engineer who just got fired the other day when he said that a computer became sentient. Right? I don't know if you heard about that in the news. He said it turned, became sentient. And it's like, if you ask a computer, if you ask an AI, are you sentient? And it says yes. Does that mean it's sentient? Right. But if you ask it, it says no. Does that mean it's sentient? So it's it's that thing, right? And yeah. the honest truth is, and this is why people kind of blur lines, like you don't know. But then after I come from it from a more logical and philosophical point of view, which is says that like the definition of, like what makes up a human is not just you know um calculations and numbers and and estimations so to speak so the turing test i don't know the detail of it but i've also read people saying that chat gpt passes the turing test yeah yeah yeah. i mean there's things that pass the turing test beforehand yeah it's it's it wouldn't be the first thing okay so that's not that's not a an otherworldly statement it's it's something that does happen which is to say if if somebody didn't know that it was an uh and didn't know any better they would they could assume the average human being would think that it was a person 
generating the output Ye- essentially. Yes. Or yes. does it have to be? Uh, does it have to be the the most like clever scientist that we have? And to, and does it have to fool the- them, or does it have to fool, or does it have to fool just the average the average guy on the street? I, I, I don't know, you know, I, I would, I would think that, you know, the person should be lucid and not inebriated or something, but, but I don't know. I, I mean, essentially it is, if you can have a conversation, imagine if, you know, I mean, you and I are talking right now, if, if, if you turned out to be chat GPT, right? Like, unless say I couldn't see you, right? But you turned out to be chat GPT, then essentially chat GPT has, has passed the Turing test, right? Um, but but then again, you can. But, but this goes back to these general models, right? So what I mean, people are no longer trying to pass the Turing test. Um, you know, the two big players in AI now, I would say, or at least the two, let's say, visibly, you know, big players and commercially big players in AI, it would be OpenAI, who obviously you know uh, made ChatGPT, and and Google DeepMind, right? Um, neither of them are trying to pass the Turing test. Uh, Google DeepMind is trying to, as it says, solve intelligence. Um, again, that what is intelligence, etc. And um, OpenAI is trying to, you know, assuming AI and some level of super intelligence will come about, it is trying to um, work out the ethics, right? AI ethics as it is building AI. Just out of interest, even though the Turing test mm. has been surpassed, the standard mm. for passing the Turing test, one standard that's mm. been proposed is that an average interrogator will not have more than 70% chance of making the right identification after five minutes of questioning. Okay. That's okay. one proposal. But then people have okay. had beef about that. Some say it's too easy. Some say it isn't. But okay, but, but yeah. this, is, this is a good thing. So, so now we've gone past that, right? So DeepMind... Um, and um, DeepMind and Open Open and AI, open AI they they're moving beyond yeah. this now. So what is the standard that they're looking to reach that. now? What would be the, so what's so the so even yeah so even if you remember and there's a documentary about around AlphaGo right. So people have gone in terms of and I think I think there's two things right. There's the kind of um, these kind of legacy. Um, tests like the Turing test and then there are these kind of um how can I say <clears throat> public I don't want to say spectacles that sounds um um disparaging disparaging kind of public um exhibitions right and I think um to my knowledge I'm very aware that the, the kind of legacy tests popular legacy tests have been done the public exhibitions, I would say, after AlphaGo, right? If you remember when Google DeepMind um, beat, I think, the world's best player in AlphaGo. And AlphaGo, the thing about it is, like, you've got chess, you've got obviously checkers and stuff like that, or drafts. But AlphaGo, it's like the permutations for the different moves are just, like, there's there's a lot of, like, basically, there's, there are a lot of moves that can be made. There's a lot of strategies that can happen. So, therefore, it is um, it is very, very hard to train so if you try to use brute force if you know what i mean by brute force if you try to just let the computer go through every single permutation like it would just take too long right compared to a human being obviously that does not go through every permutation because it can recognize patterns and other things like that so when it got when google DeepMind built 
an AI to beat the best AlphaGo player, that was also a kind of a landmark moment as well in, 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 in AI, in general kind of popular AI. So now really they are, um, I mean, Google DeepMind, I don't know, I don't think they've done it, but they're trying to um, kind of um, do things around proteins. Don't quote me too much on this, but it's essentially how proteins fold and, you know, proteins are quite complicated biological things. So they're trying to like, you know, uh, uh, use AI, you know, use AI to kind of, and I really don't want to speak too much about it because it's, it's really not, you know, the biology of that is not, it's not my, it's not my space. Right. But, but that is a far harder task um, um, than, you know, AlphaGo because it one That's why it hasn't been done. And again, um, ChatGPT or, or OpenAI with ChatGPT, they're trying to go towards this kind of, more creative and more kind of you know common person application space um but but both of them have moved beyond what they would probably call gimmicks and i would say ai right now you've got you know people are trying to move towards general ai um and they're trying to move towards that by having solid like ai that is solid enough to by itself do things for the average person for example autonomous vehicles right stuff along those lines okay so just on this chat gpt um mm. by open ai um there's this big debate now that you know is it as much of a leap or milestone mm. as people are making it out to be is this a pilot trick exhibition or is this a demonstration of a real leap in capability in and around natural language processing or AI or both or whatever the case may be. What do you think? I, I think, and, and I think, you know, for me, and this is why we're talking about the philosophy of it, it really needs to stem from, like, I believe that diff, that that we, or at least I have a different definition of intelligence to the you know Sam Altman, founder of OpenAI, um, and is it Demeris, the founder of um, 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 DeepMind, right? Um, and also to Elon Musk. Like I think I think I have a different. So so I mean, it all stems from you know it's a leap, but it's a leap to what? Right now, the fact that I mean, it, we were talking about it the other day, the fact that it can write code right that's a leap right but again i said to you beforehand when the calculator you know the electronic calculator was built that was a leap too because beforehand humans needed to calculate calculators were human beings who would calculate things right so that was a leap um um you know um uh, um the car which is not an ai i know i'm i'm being intentionally what do you call it? this is what i'm trying to find it the car was a technological leap because beforehand we used horses, right? And before horses, before we somebody jumped on a horse and broke a horse in and bridled a horse and put, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, the necessary equipment over a horse, people would run, right? So um, these are all leaps. We, we can't take anything away but leaps, but it's it's a case of, is it, you know, is it a leap towards... So, so I guess my question would be, and I would even want to ask you to, to get your thoughts on it, is this a technological leap or is this a metaphysical 
leap, right? Or sort of leap, if you know what I mean. I don't know if you want me to expand on that. Well, I mean, I, I think it's a technological leap, right? Mm. Um, it's, it's a technological leap, but I think it's something that, um, look, chatbots have been around, right? And every time yeah. the chatbot comes out, people get very impressed because mm -hmm. it seems very clever. It's like the computer's talking mm -hmm. to me. Um, but this is the most sophisticated chatbot that's hit the mainstream anyway, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it's not by any means a, a finished product. They've released yeah. it. They're going to keep on iterating. I think what is... So it is a technological leap, I think, right? They've still got bugs. It's still incorrect. But I think the, the plausibility mm. factor is very high with this thing, right? Yeah. Um, and that's quite, that's, that's, it's interesting, you know? Yeah. Um, as to whether it's going to be a huge leap in technological advancement, I don't know, TBD, right? Let's see where, where they mm. go with it. I mean, this is this is only part of what OpenAI is working on anyway, and so we haven't seen what, what it means to combine the infrastructure behind this particular chatbot, GPT, and then with other powerful computing mechanisms, and let's see where that all goes. That's above my head. But mm -mm. I think what is interesting just from, you know, the layman's standpoint is um, how normal, ordinary people who aren't in tech or science or engineering yeah. are interacting with this particular iteration of this technology right yeah and, yeah and whether that will gain traction in any meaningful way after everybody kind of gets used to the fact that this is a very plausible sounding chatbot <laughs> um, yeah yeah and and i think i've already what i've already started seeing is in the beginning people would ask it questions you know like very simple questions, you know, how is ice cream made or give me a recipe for <laughs> Indian food or whatever, which is, you know, just really, yeah. really silly, basic things. But now already people are starting to combine, um, the chat GPT technology with other types of tools in their daily work. And so I think it's starting to get more and more clever and more and more interesting in terms of, but it's humans who are becoming cleverer at using the chat GPT function rather than chat B, at, mm. at, at, well, at the same time as chat GPT is becoming more sophisticated as it gets these inputs. Yeah. So, you know, I think with one big disclaimer on this thing, which is this is, this is prone to errors. Um, yeah, the, I think the, Sam the, even said that himself. Yeah, they say it when you click on chat to, to enter, to enter the yeah. actual program, yeah. the first thing it says is, hey, there's going to be mistakes in this. That's yeah, one aspect yeah. of it. The other aspect of it is the data set is limited to, I think, last year or something or whenever it is, 2021. Okay. okay. Um, and so, you know, information after that may or may not be included Sketchy. or accurate, whatever the case may be. Yeah. And also, like, what is it actually for? I think people are still trying to play around with use cases. And, you know, I see a lot of yeah. social media marketers are getting very excited about it. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, because to the extent that they're pushing out mass social media seo stuff you know just to yeah. the masses at volume and at scale then combining something like chat gpt with a few of their other tools i get it i get it if you if you're trying to push out just just you know massive amounts of reasonably okay information to get mm. as many clicks as possible 
on the 13th article you're writing this week about dieting, then yeah, this is useful, mm. you know? Um, 100%. And, and 100%. it's very powerful actually, because I've seen, I've watched some of them and you know, just before we did this podcast, I've watched quite a few of these SEO, social marketing, social media marketing types um, who are very content driven, um, you know, sort of, oh, I've got an, I've got a website which talks about dieting and, you know, now this has made my life much easier because I can just optimize my articles and for SEO and it does it automatically, et cetera. So I can see, I can see that side of things mm. and why it's useful for, for that audience and that group. There's also probably more sophisticated, well, let me put it this way. There's probably also other, um, maybe more highbrow <laughs> use cases for it, which I haven't yet seen. Um, but mm. the ones I've seen, advertise the most this has been on linkedin is just oh my god this is gonna make my life much easier as like a sort of content marketer right um and mm. i think that's a pretty with all due respect to content marketers that is a, it's a shame if that is the height of uh use case um sophistication for something with this much potential mm. right um because already i'm starting to see you can just tell you, mm. I, you I, already i've kind of I, one can tell this sounds like a chat GPT generated response that you're trying to pass off. Oh, really? As, yeah. So there was a debate um, on LinkedIn earlier today. Some guy was arguing with somebody else about some arcane inane thing. And he posted the screenshot saying, you can literally tell, can you tell when this person stopped so typing naturally using and started using Jappy TV and, oh, and everybody fine. and every pretty much everybody could kind of tell who's been interacting oh, with really? this thing at all. Right. And it's just because fine. there was an unnatural break in syntax. And then, suddenly just yeah. in it, it, yeah it's just it, you could somehow just detect and be like eh, i don't know this isn't yeah after the first paragraph that doesn't sound like you you know and yeah and, okay and, and okay. anyone who's okay. interacted with chat gpt in its normal sense could would be like that sounds like a chat gpt generated um yeah. response after you after you hit this point which you know it is what it is but i guess my point is we're going to start seeing just a lot of bog standard chat gpt generated yeah. social media um content now um, and, and, and 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 you look and and i think you know is that is that fine yeah i think it's fine now now essentially what you're talking about with the chat with the, the issue with that chat gpt again i didn't see it but but i have been using so notion and i think that is a reasonable application notion's got notion ai now and with notion ai you can ask it you know like things like hey write a like write a blog post on on how to start a podcast or you know etc 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 right um i also used it one uh, um, um just recently so i i've signed up to the alpha um I, I, i'm kind of waiting list and i've and i've got it i used it one time um and i said essentially on my on a very brief I wouldn't even call it a paragraph, but a very short, short paragraph or so a few sentences. Um, like, can you rewrite this in, in, in some way, right? And I think what I saw, and, and I think this goes to the point what you're saying about what people saw is it writes it in a grammatically correct way. Yeah. But I would not, for me personally, and for what we do in narratives, I would not use that. And I would say to anyone who works at mustard do not you know don't use it past 
can you give me another word, you know, like a thesaurus or otherwise, because essentially it's going to take the flare out of, of what it is you're writing. That's basically what it is, right? Exactly. And uh, this is it, right? And it's not clever enough, I don't think. Although what would be interesting is take all the content ever written by Mustard, mm. train it based on that content, and then say, please generate an article in the style of Mustard. <laughs> I wonder what I wonder how close that would get. See, that would be interesting. But but you we see, see, you see here even here even so 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 this is an interesting point, right? And this goes on a so this goes towards a kind of philosophy or metaphysical part now, right? So if you make a general AI, right? Again, this is why I talk about that reduction, that reductionist approach, right? Um, let's be let's be let's throw out some figures right some really great and let's be slightly contentious as well right some really great um i think i've i think my dad had a book and i had a book about some of the greatest speeches and some of the greatest speech writers or so orators um in history right martin luther king was on that right unsurprisingly contentiously but unsurprisingly adolf hitler was on that right um there would have been some other people as well Every single one of them had their own style. That style was, on paper, you could probably gauge some of their styles. Yes, there will be certain techniques they would use, such as using three, if you study it, you know, the power of three. Don't just go, and this, this, and this, this, twice. Do, and this might happen, and this might happen, and that might happen, and other kind of literary techniques. But each person had their style both in writing, right? And Obama also was on that, unsurprisingly, it was even though he's a kind of more recent one, right? They have their skills and their differences in writing and have their skills and their differences in also in talking right so a great example is and 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 i remember when i read um obama's book um it's called dreams of my father if i if i remember yeah. that's his yeah, first that's book right. yeah. and when he wrote that so that was around what i think 0807 i think it was republished when he came in in 08 right but i think i read it in like 08 or 07 or something like that. i can't remember it would have been 08 because i wouldn't have read it before he was in in, in office and if you so, so it's written in a polemical slightly almost speech writing way right how he would speak right and and you know talking about issues topics it has extremely long sentences he he uses probably he i mean this is a joke but it's probably not terribly hard for it. he uses semicolons more than he uses full stop right? <laughs> yeah and the thing is you cannot i remember after this because i i just really loved how he wrote and there's another guy called, called peter hitchens as well he 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 writes in a very interesting way as well and i i started trying to adopt his style this is kind of when i was really getting into like how to mm. think and my dad was like you cannot write sentences that long yeah right and it's true you cannot like in normal writing you cannot and should not write sentences that long however in if you are reading now that's a different thing when i take stuff i might some things i might write as if i i might write it in the way that i want to speak it to somebody with the passion mm. then you can use long sentences mm. then you can do whatever you want to be persuasive to be creative and otherwise you can even break literary styles right if if you can see things in a moment now that is a structure of language there's a structure of english language and on top of that somebody's added emotion somebody's added their own experiences that's given them a, a particular style right somebody's added their own historical context which has probably caused them to lend 
styles from other people. But again, they've added their own style on top of it. You cannot... Something that is general, even if it is, so to speak, switched on, right? And especially if it is, so to speak, switched on, right? If it is switched on, at best, it will be a human, get its own flair, and then it will not be able to write generally. It will be able to say, okay, well, this is that. That thing is its own person or its own agent, and it writes in that way, right? But, like, generally speaking... If you're writing for the masses, if you're writing for general, if you're trying to be general, you can only really be accurate, right? And emotionless. It's almost like if you're writing, if I'm writing for a British audience, I can use British idioms. If I'm writing for the audience, a a British, American, Zim, and Australian audience, I should throw the idioms away and be quite general. So I guess my point is, I'm kind of going off with the fairies a little bit. My point is, um, if 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 what we care about, right, and if what we're talking about intelligence is get the job done accurately, then this thing can, you know, it will do it at some point. But then it's like, does intelligence or does a human in is there also emotion in a human? Are there also is there are there also these kind of concepts that it cares about? I don't know. So you know, would you rather? Would you not? Would one? You know, when you go to an individual, let's say a, I don't know a bank manager or, or anyone, and you bring forward a mitigating circumstance, right? That individual uses their notion of maybe justice, compassion, love. Some interaction causes a a familiarity or informality, right? And various of these other things to make them go, ah, you know what, I'll let you go, right? So when we're talking about AI and we're, talking about, and we're defining intelligence, going back to Google DeepMind, we're trying to solve intelligence. Does solving intelligence include solving emotion, right? Does, does, and this is why I go back to what's our... So, so it's almost, I would say this, what is our... I'm very in this whole thing because the thing that's really driving things is 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 this kind of media narrative on progress and technological progress, which is which is good. But after, I guess my question would be, what is the and, and what I'm seeing lots of people do? It's like the questions they're almost trying to ask. I think is um, even even I would say even before how useful it is, right? I think they're asking um, what like are. I think I think the biggest question we were asking is, what does this mean for humanity, right? Does this make me redundant? Does this, you know, is this like, should I be scared of this? Should I be, what do you call it? And I think that's been pushed by this kind of Terminator narrative of Skynet, right? But I think um, that question is coming ahead of, how can I use this to help me do something faster, better or otherwise, right? Well, I, I don't know if that's true. I, I think those are the okay. those are the two those those are the two main buckets I think of the discourse around this thing. Mm-hmm. I don't really read the news anymore, so um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really know. I, I beyond skimming and and you know research 
deliberate research. So I have skimmed some of the articles and it does seem to go towards this dystopian kind of Terminator 2 rhetoric, which isn't surprising mm. because that's going to get more clicks, right? Irrespective yeah. of whether the people believe it or not. It's much easier to talk about, oh my God, is this an existential threat or not? But actually, if you look mm. at, again, this is a focus group of of one audience self-selecting, but LinkedIn, um, mm. especially if you follow people who are in AI, in um, you know, sort of machine learning, but also in marketing and also in, um, uh, you know, education. Actually, you can get quite a lot of interesting perspectives around it. And they're primarily thinking about, so that there's sort of a, okay, everyone calm down. This is not the end of humanity. Yeah. There's going to be severe limitations to this thing in its current iteration before we can start being concerned about whether or not it's going to wipe out whole swaths of jobs. But... Mm. it's sort of I think the, it, they are talking about what is how useful is this and how can we use this and how can we deploy this and how can you use this in SEO how can you use this in coding how can you use this in whatever and what are the limitations mm. around it I think the most excitable comment I've seen amongst this very specific group is maybe is this a warning shot across the bow for okay. certain industries or Mm. methodologies which are core to certain industries mm. so education mm. right that seems to be the most sort of frantic response i've seen actually it's okay. not coders okay. thinking oh it's going to code us out of out of out of um existence even or, though i've heard that i've heard the coders yeah well. okay. but education and and in, co in education what do you mean in terms of do we need to write anymore is that what you mean or, yeah, or? yeah exactly so okay. so yeah. well questions like that right so um yeah. Education has been attacked for quite a long time now as being outdated, mm. rightfully so, right? The, the methods of assessment, the methods of instruction, they seem to be still old school where the world has moved on. So it's ripe for criticism. But this sort of thing has really uh, thrown into the face of a lot of educators the fact that, honestly, it, you, you're going to, if you don't actually, now you have to actually modernize. Because these old methods of assessment okay. aren't going to work anymore. They're not going to stand up. So so plagiarism checks, things of that nature. Now, for every plagiarism mm -hmm, mm -hmm. help enabler, there's a, another tool that comes out a little while later which tries to detect the plagiarism. But the point is, mm -hmm, um, you know, it, it's getting education away from what the core aspect of it is supposed to be, I think, right? Which is teaching people mm -hmm. how to think and apply knowledge, right? Um, it, so it, in my view. It, it, so, 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 so things like, used to be able to tell a kid to go home and write an essay um, yeah. about a particular topic, come back and grade it, right? That is that is going to be very difficult now to, to do mm. in that form. Um, mm. uh, plagiarism checkers are there, but I think there's ways around them. So that form of assessment may be difficult. Um, but there's still a way you can test for the crux of that material, right? Is... Mm. Did you? Was it really important that the kid went away and wrote an essay um, at home of a certain number of words and came back in? Or what were you really trying to assess? Were you trying to assess their their writing abilities, in which case they can write in class, right? Um, mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. with shout out to pens and pads or even um, yeah. you know laptops without internet connection, um, and that's fine. Right? They can practice those things. Um, or were you trying to test engagement with the material, in which case there's many other ways to do it, right? 
Um, but the, the main question being asked now is, what should we be teaching? Right? In a world where Interesting. It, some version of this thing is going to basically give you the answer to most rudimentary questions, fact-based questions that you that that you would possibly need to know to have a passing grade in school, right? So, yeah. it, what are we testing for? Are we testing for mm. knowledge? Are we still testing for retention and memory? Um, how relevant is that in a world where you're going to have increasingly synthesized answers to questions? Isn't it about application? So those are the sort of questions being thrown into education now. Interesting. Interesting, and 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 it's interesting because so my and and fun. I think I told you this. I I I, I um. This is before ChatGPT. This is this is um. Oof. It would have been I don't know, twenty. Twenty sixteen, twenty fifteen. Right, I was sitting down. And I know I've told you this. Uh, in relation to chat, you see, I was sitting down with um, at, at a friend's house um, with my wife, who was not then my wife, and his wife, who was then his wife, I think. Um, and I, I was this stickler who was always going, I don't think you should teach kids to code. So I told you this. And essentially, my point was, and, and you know what? I'll put it, and I'll tell you why, then I'll put it in two ways, right, with regards to what you're saying. I, didn't, I said I don't think we should teach kids to code because I said I think we should teach kids the fundamentals of coding so that they can, sp- of, let's put it this way, the, fungum, the fundamentals, which is basically, you know, of language, right, because coding is a language, right? So coding, eventually you'll get there, but are you good at maths? You don't have to do maths. You can do something else. You can do English, what have you. Are you good at maths? Are you good at, are you good at you know, science in general? Are you that type of person who's quite logical? Then as you go to higher and higher and higher, again, I'm talking about into tertiary education, et cetera, then afterwards you, you start to learn to code and, and then, you know, you've got a very strong, broad, you know, hopefully solid ground in, 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 in maths, logic, computer science, so that you can code in any language and actually you can do more than just coding, right? Because in the end of the day, <clears throat> these languages, all these newfangled languages now, um, they're all should be layers on top of older languages like C++ and C, and they are layers of, of, on top of assembly language, which is, you know, kind of mnemonics that, that interact with, with hardware, and then after you've got hardware, right? So it's, so my, my whole point around that was, do you want to get superficial information which is going to be um, relevant in a temporary, you know, it, it's only going to have a a short-term relevance right especially today right because the difference between the luddites back in the day is you can learn a skill and for a long time that skill with your hands you know would be relevant for your lifetime and your father's lifetime and your and your, your son's lifetime and, and and your children's lifetime the problem is things are moving so quickly now right um if you bring up coding as you can say now just chat gpt can 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 do banal coding right it's a code it's a coding monkey so all the people who went and did Udemy courses, right? I'm not trying to front out, but essentially people who don't have base level computer science skills to go beyond just, because to be honest, no one wants to write an if function, right? People, when they go into coding, they go for it for one of two reasons, right? The money, which is high at the moment, or to actually build interesting stuff. But after as many people then go down the road, even if you're in a large company, 
or if your knowledge is superficial of being a code monkey, which is writing if functions, right? And in, or, and in testing that they are, you know, the things right and debugging stuff. Now, ChatGPT can do that. So anyone who, let's say if you, if you focus on, oh, I'm coding, oh, look, forget about all the other stuff. Let's apply, apply, apply super early. Now I can code. You've just been knocked out by ChatGPT, right? Or maybe not today, but like we can see the writings on the wall, right? So, so I guess my thing is, and, and I guess I'll flip it around and make a question to you. My thinking has always been like, what this ChatGPT is doing is it is exposing, you're talking about markets as well, it's exposing people um, who, for either because of laziness, which we all are, so I'm not saying they are particularly lazy, because of laziness, right? Because they've done something so many times that they can just bang it out in almost in a template, or because of um, superficial knowledge, is exposing like a templating cut and paste approach, right? But what I believe ChatGPT will never do is it will never be able to it will never be able to um, um, overcome or, you, or, 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 or usurp a human person who has got a strong foundation in basics and, and is applying creativity to basics of information and basics of different areas. So, so I, I guess just to make sure I've got you right, because if, if I guess my question is, and, and and I think is if we move so so or let me just put my comment and you can comment on that. I believe that if we move too quickly to application, um, you end up making people who are who are good at doing tasks which in our fast moving world might be out of date in ten years. Um, is that okay, right? Or and or do you agree with that? Um, or would you would you do you understand slash would you agree with my statement, which which I know maybe it's a it's an archaic way of thinking of of trying to get a core grounded knowledge in whatever that is, carpentry, uh, you know, uh, uh, mass, you know, computer science or otherwise. Does that make sense? Yeah, those those questions, I can, those comments I can address them, but I don't think they are mutually um, exclusive or even intelligible. They don't have to do that. What they're both interesting independently, but I don't think one has to do with the other necessarily. Mm-hmm. Because number one, okay. um, to your point about, is it okay for us to move ahead with technology which is cutting people out? Is that what is that? No, that's no, 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 that's n- no, 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 no. So, so I'm just uh, going to okay. if basically if we if we teach application to people too too early. Right? Oh, I see. So you're talking about you're the, talking about correct. if we teach application to people too early, should we be teaching ap- people to apply? Um, yeah, fairly rudimentary skills in it, at the risk of them correct. just being replaced, or should we be teaching them mm. to be more foundational in their learning correct. so it, that they can correct because they can um, you might not be able to immediately monetize your skill hundred percent, but you, you can build a, an aptitude which will be evergreen and always keep you ahead of the curve if you exercise it over time, irrespective it's, it's, of the it's, vagaries of whatever the next technology correct, is. Correct, correct. And, 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 and just, to, just to give you an example, it's not even just an, an aptitude. It, it's the found, it is the base of knowledge, right? And I know normally people, when they think of get just get knowledge in, they think rote learning, like write stuff and thing. And I've learned, and I know you have, I've learned super rote, 
in Nigeria and I've learned not wrote in, in the UK. When I talk about super wrote, I'm talking about we have a current affairs book and, and we have that textbook and the teacher has that too. And he writes it on two boards. He just writes out the textbook and we just have to copy it. Wow. We could have done that at home, right? That's, that's like the most rote I've ever experienced anyway. Wow. But I've also learned in other ways. But however, right, I'm not saying let's write out a textbook, but we have to have a, we have to, I believe at an early age, you have to just learn things. And then eventually when you learn enough things, you will be able to synthesize those things and hopefully apply some creativity on those things. But you, you, you basically can't create, teach or try to teach creativity too early because you will teach that to the detriment of learning knowledge which is what you need so last example i'll give you here is when i was uh so we started using matlab which is essentially a software that enables you to um solve Fourier transform equations, kind of like um, very large matrix equations, etc. We started using that in, I can't remember, is it fourth year or, or third year, out of a four-year course. And after we used it, we literally said to our professors, why didn't we just use MATLAB before? Why did you make us not just derive the Fourier transform, not just use, excuse me, use the Fourier transform, but mathematically derive it and bring people from the maths department to teach us how to mathematically derive it? He said, well, now when a computer spews out an answer, you know if it's right or not. Yeah. And, and if the computer's not working, you just derive it yourself, right? So I, I, I think there's a middle ground in this fight because, okay, let's use this metaphor mm -hmm. of learning the guitar. Okay. Right? Um, there's two ways to teach someone the guitar, broadly speaking. There's many ways, but there's two ways. One is you're going to learn each and every note um, that is important, right? Um, okay. Then you're going to learn some, and by the way, I don't play the guitar. So this is clearly yeah, like a I, I, I do, which is why okay. I was like, uh. okay, so you, okay, <laughs> you, you, you interpret this, interpret what I'm trying to say. You, you, you start yeah. learning certain notes or certain patterns, right? Which are individual, mm. right? And then eventually Correct. you can play songs with them. Another way is, yeah. oh, do you want to learn how to play this song by Nirvana, right? Just do yeah. this and do that and then do this and that. You learn it wrote, right? You learn the song. Yeah. The cool thing about being able to play that Nirvana song is immediately or like after half an hour or an hour two hours of practice you can actually play mm -hmm. a song right mm -hmm. but you don't have any of the theoretical foundation for the guitar which means you're going to struggle unless you are in the 99th percentile of guitar people who are innately good at the guitar it's going to be very difficult for you to reverse which no one is innately good at the guitar, and then rebuild whatever else you want to you want to you want to play right so mm -hmm. it seems to me there's Yes, it makes sense, of course, to answer your original question, to give people a more foundational um, experience around education so that things like ChatGPT aren't so... The question about existential threat doesn't even really necessarily come into the picture or doesn't mm. come into the picture so quickly. But I do think it's also smart to try and give it more practical relevance 100%. earlier, right? So, hey, 100%. let's learn some, help me here, let's learn some notes and some basic patterns on the guitar. And then at the end mm -hmm. of the week, we'll learn how to play a song, right? Using those. Yeah. Okay, Which good. I think, it, but to be fair, yeah, that's how people teach, though, to be fair. That's how good people teach, I think, yeah. <laughs> because, because basically... <laughs> I've had, had teachers that have just, that okay. you never, ever get any application until people have lost interest oh, completely. 100%. Um, particularly exactly. around so, maths, so, right? 
particularly around mass and yeah. around STEM, it's like you, you, it's so granular for so long that people are like, I don't yeah. care, right? And then by the time at the end, they're like, ta-da! Mm. And this means you can yeah. do all these things. Like, people have checked out and no one so, has been paying so, attention. So, 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 so there's two things. There's two things. I'm going to touch the guitar. I'm going to touch math, right? And this is clearly we've gone to the area of 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 um, of, of pedagogy, right? Which is yeah. interesting because I did actually co-found the school, which is which I probably told you about. Um, but but okay, the guitar is probably a. Actually, no. You can, generally speaking, you can apply it to maths. As, you can apply the thing to maths as well. The only issue, and I'll say off the bat with maths, is it's really really hard to understand the application of maths early it's really it I, I mean it's it's like it's the problem okay this is again this is my opinion the problem is i got to understand the application of maths at university and i think in my opinion i might be so what do you call it if i didn't go to the university, university i went to i probably would never understand the application but, of maths, but you're t- right? but you're talking about that application of maths at the at the at, the, at such a high level well all you need to show okay yeah. fair, let, me, let me let me talk Show the utility of maths early, at least. Oh, hundred. But they do that. They do that, right? Okay, but we, the problem okay, we went is, to school different places. So maybe. No, 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 but no, but no, no, cause, no. Because I tell you, yeah. no, because I tell you, right? Because like I remember with simultaneous equations, right? Because because oh, just God. the other day Getting we had, we, you're like, oh crap. <laughs> so so. <laughs> PTSD. So, so look, so look. Let, let, let me put this way. Let me put this way, right? Because actually, the guitar and maths is a really good is a really good way to look at it, right? Because. So the so literally at Christmas I was there with my uh, you know family etc. But my brother-in-law was there as well, right? And 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 he's even though he did geography, um, he's yeah he's a bit of a boffin and, and and otherwise generally speaking. So there was this you know we pulled the crackers, way, and there was this uh, there was this um, uh, 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 you know uh, uh, like a question or not a riddle it was a question right? The question was mathematical right? And it was something like. Um, if you have um, so, so a father is X years older than his son, but then in ten years time or twenty years time he's going to be twice the age of his son. How old is the father? How old is the son? And literally, we both looked at each other and said, "This is a simultaneous equation," because it is mm-hmm. right. Now the problem is simultaneous equations. I've taught maths before in a school. I did work in a school briefly, and I tried to teach application. The problem is the application of maths that you can teach at school is boring. The application of maths that you can teach at a much later level is interesting. Again, assuming you care about rockets uh, and, and, kinem- and that movement. Okay. And so the problem is, I found I did teach people, but after the application, it's, it's like most of these applications, right? So, so let's say if you've got really basic math, which is, you know, you're counting and multiplying and you're taking a difference or something. Of course, if you go and work on a shop, it's useful. But you've got this kind of almost like middle Right. So, so from, let's say, you know, th- this kind of mass after that to the middle maths to like upper middle maths, the application makes you yawn because you you just it's like contrived application, which you never use. But they're telling you that stuff because it's going to build the basis for the really cool application. Right. Okay. Which I find cool, which is rocket science. Otherwise, but you just don't get there. Now, now just quickly, um, I'll say this quickly because you might have a thought. The thing about playing a guitar is right. There are some songs that are really simple and sound really nice and, and, and melodic, right? That you can play with sing, just single note classical guitar play quite early. And you can go, oh, I've come out of that. And look, it's music. It's quite fun. And you've kind of learned that. But then afterwards, so, so you have an, a, so, so almost like the application in terms of the songs that play there, you can come away and say, oh, look, I can play Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles. Or I can, on the piano, I can play, you know, um, 
piano, Mozart's piano sonata. And that's quite nice that you play there, right? But then you carry on doing that and eventually you're going to learn theory and go down to, you know, arpeggios and solos and what have you. And if you, if you can't do that, you will be somebody who you go, you know, you literally go to a co- somewhere and go, oh, can you play a guitar? Yeah, but I can play these three songs. Yeah, exactly. um, If you want, you know, well, you get my point, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think you had a point on the mass thing, which you may or may not have. Yeah, and anyway, have... it's quite, we've gotten so abs- we've gotten so abstract now, but I think I was trying to make, um, I think I was trying to, by analogy, talk about, answer your question initially around um, chat GPT and whether, you know, it, okay, should we, it, it's exposing, what is it exposing? ChatGPT is exposing mm. uh, a certain section of work across a number of different industries and disciplines where yep. people have been doing very rote, repetitive, unimaginative rep- um, uh, output, creating output, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I guess what it's exposing is, oh, okay, there's not a lot of creativity going to these things. And... Now, a couple of points I've made from here. Number one is, I think a lot of work that's necessary and valuable doesn't necessarily require a tremendous amount of creativity. True. If you look at the True. grand, like all human True. beings and all methods of job and 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 work and and income, um, that need that society sort of, you know, needs to to keep ticking on actually mm. don't really need a lot of creativity and certainly not a very high level of creativity, right? I agree. In fact, sometimes you don't want any creativity in certain roles. It's like, no, don't don't be creative in this very specific thing. I need it done. Yeah. Very... Some bosses might say so. Yeah. yeah oh, but okay. I get you. Well, I, get well, you. You get, I mean, listen, I, you know, I'm not suggesting those jobs are, are, are great jobs, but uh, I mean, uh, there uh, are many jobs. Yeah. <laughs> There are many jobs alas, where people yes. are like, listen, yeah. you know, this job's been created for Don't you to think. do exactly this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so actually, you know, this stuff, to the extent that it does threaten those things, you know, those jobs, yeah, sure, I get it, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it's not coming for the people who, who are... It's not coming for everyone, right? And, yeah. and it's not coming for... The, most of the people who are tinkering around with this at this very, very early stage... Um, they probably have the awareness and ability to to make sure that they're never at risk of having being replaced mm. right um mm. the fact that you've got such early access and awareness to something like this should just suggest that you you know you're at a certain position where you can actually upskill yourself and to that point mm. that answers your that this comes to the question you're answering which is people who do feel threatened by this particularly in the STEM industries, really should maybe be asking themselves more about how strong is my foundation and how strong are my theoretical and foundational principles in my STEM field, whether it's coding or whatever the case may be, Mm. um, or whether it's even creative, right? So whether it's narratives, whether it's um, digital marketing on, on the other side, you know, if all you're doing is just, chunking out bog standard digital marketing fair then yeah maybe you should be a little concerned because you know there's a whole chunk of that 
maybe if you're not applying yourself, that is going to be capable of automation, right? Yeah. Uh, or outsourcing to machines. Yeah. But for those who are who are trying to create real, t what we would consider, I think, top end impactful, and by impactful I mean impactful on the human level, right? Um, mm -hmm. Emotive, mm -hmm. standout content. It's probably quite a long way before ChatGPT and AI can compete at that level. What, 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 so, so I 100% agree with what you say. I think the way I'll try to maybe condense it is anyone who is trying to, is actually using their humanity, maybe is not the word, but their, let's say, human faculties in their role, whatever that role might be, right? It could be a carpenter, it could be a project manager, it could be a digital marketer, it could be a storyteller, it could be an engineer. If you're trying to use your human faculties, right, your something extra than just your almost autopilot mind to do your task, do not be afraid, right? Because, you know, if you're not, then after, even then I would say, like, the only way you should be afraid is if you don't want to change, right? Because then after you go, okay, like, how many people do you see? Oh, web freeze and you think. Right, all of a sudden change on LinkedIn. Okay, I'm now web free XYZ. Oh no, it's crypto. I'm a crypto XYZ, right? The only thing is if you're like, you're still stuck on big data, right? And, 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 and after big data, it went to, what did it go? It went to something else and it went to AI. I can't remember, right? Machine learning. And then it's gone to AI. But if you're like, no, 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 big data is my thing, which by the way, basically the same thing in my opinion. It's just, it's just a layer on top of big data. But big data is my thing, right? Then afterwards, like, and you don't want to change, then yeah, that's going to be a problem. And that's essentially what the Luddites were, right? Um, like, we would laugh, you know, somebody who's just unaware, because it can easily be a situation where somebody who's completely unaware of themselves, unaware of history, would look at the Luddites back in, you know, the, the Industrial Revolution, smashing machines, and go, look, these guys were just moving something from here to there, right? They were doing this banal task that, frankly, you know, not even a computer, a hydraulic machine could do, right? And why don't they just go and learn a new task? Well, the thing is, they didn't want to, right? But after you've got individuals here who are like, oh my gosh, we want to smash the chat GPT, right? <laughs> or it's going to take everyone's job. It's like, bro, just learn a new task. Like, it's a, Remember, it is a tool. It's no different to a knife, which is a technology. It's no different to a, to a you know hydraulic or steam-powered machine. It is a tool that human beings can leverage and use to enable their human real faculties, which are above nature, metaphysical, to actually do more. That's it, right? So if you don't want to do that, if you want to go to work and you want to, like a drone, just not think and just get the job, oh, template, template, copy and paste. Yeah, of course, bro. Like before ChatGPT, there was something else that could take you out. Um, it's just that your boss hadn't gone and used Zapier or, or, or some other kind of automation yet, right? So uh, 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 that's the thing I'm saying. So, so it's in it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, don't know if that makes sense. I assume it does. Perfect, bro. I think that's nice.